I'm going to quickly introduce um, the next artist in this series of artist conversations. Um, Amar Kanwar um, was born in Delhi in 1964, and he continues to live and work there. Um, he studied history at the University of Delhi and then subsequently went on to study documentary filmmaking at the AJK uh, Mass Communication Research Center in, in Delhi as well at the Jamia Millia Islamia University. Um, and working primarily as a documentary filmmaker in the 1990s, he moved into um, multi-channel and, and multimedia installation in the 2000s um, and has exhibited widely. In fact, um, I would encourage you all very much to go see uh, his show at Marion Goodman Gallery, which is on only till tomorrow. Um, and he also holds a distinction, which I, I have to mention, of being one of the very few, if not the only artist who has participated in four consecutive documentaries, including the documentary this summer. Um, and so, without any further facts, um, I will actually um, start with, with asking Amar to talk specifically about the work at, uh, at Marion Goodman Gallery, Such a Morning, and, and that which was also shown in Documenta this summer. Um, and perhaps as you talk, I'll scroll through images of that work um, in order to, to save some time, um, but particularly to the question of how that work perhaps is perceived as um, a kind of departure in your practice in, in the kind of format of, and mode of production, um, but continues to take up many of the questions and questions that are also uh, have been sort of repeatedly brought up in the context of this conference, those those of citizenship and sovereignty and the subject, um, and particularly the, the kind of predicament of the intellectual in a time of very deep um, social and political malaise. So um, we'll start with that and, and sort of work our way backwards. Um, thank you, Ratan. Um, thank you for inviting me here as well. Um, it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's easier to be, you know, articulate in hindsight. Uh, and when you look at something much older, this is something that, this is a work that, uh, in a way, almost was completed maybe two weeks ago, uh, three weeks ago. So um, it's sometimes hard. Uh, but the other side is, uh, aspect about it is that it's been something that I've been living with for the last two to three years. Uh, I think you mentioned departure, and for, for me, um, it's very, I, al there's almost nothing that I feel is, is a departure. Um, everything that I'm doing, I feel like I'm probably doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, maybe I'm using different equipment, maybe I'm shooting and filming in a different way or constructing in a different way. But, uh, now it's becoming pretty clear to me that I am, in, in a sense, saying the same thing or addressing the same thing over and over again. And um, for the last couple of years, uh, I would say, just in response to your question and about this work, and maybe we'll come back to this work at some point, especially in the context of some of the things, that, some of the presentations yesterday. And I'd, I'd, I'd also try to see if I can respond in the context of the issues that are that is of the conference and of what was raised and presented yesterday, but I felt after, uh, I mean, most of my work, I think, is, is 
trying to address the question of violence uh, from many different perspectives. Um, and uh, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to dialogue with it. Uh, sometimes I'm trying to listen. Uh, and sometimes I'm trying to step back and step back and step back and look uh, in, in, in the sense that beginning to feel that you know, a, certain, a certain way of looking perhaps would create uh, a certain kind of compassion. So what could that certain way of looking be? rather than a certain way of speaking or a certain way of listening. Uh, this particular work, um, Such a Morning, I think um, came about when I began to feel that I think that it was, it was not possible to argue anymore. Uh, I felt that I, I, I do not want, I mean, this is not to, 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 to say that those who want to argue should not argue. Uh, I think it's good to argue and it's good to fight. So please keep up the fight. But I, I felt that uh, I, I needed to stop uh, and, and not argue anymore. And I needed to, uh, which does not mean that I do not want to engage with the question of violence. Mm. Uh, so how, ca how can I engage? Uh, how can I respond? How can I address uh, the violence that I see around me uh, without arguing? And um, uh, what was also of interest to me was that what, what would I see if I got into, uh, say, the heart of non-vision? Yeah. If I got into a place where you could see nothing, then what is it that I would see? And uh, so in that sense, this film is about, it's not, it's, 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 not, it's not a story that was completely written and then executed. It was something that I wrote a bit, I filmed a bit, I edited a bit, I waited, I looked at it, and then you know, thought, like, where does this go? And you know, we just kept prodding it along and then again watched it to see you know, how does it cook, what is it saying, and so on. So uh, in that sense, it was quite difficult to make. Mm. Uh, but this is um, essentially a... Um, I would say, I, th I think I felt the need for, for a hallucinatory response to violence. Uh, to, to, but in a real sense. Uh, something that uh, would perhaps take me and take us into a, a zone of uh, where we could shift internally. Uh, but uh, it's a story about uh, uh, um, a mathematics professor who is very well known, who suddenly quits. Uh, and I think there are some professors here who may be feeling like quitting suddenly. Um, I, the, as I started to make this film, I met many who told me that they would, they feel similarly. So this, so this is a story of a, of, a, of a professor who quits all of a sudden. And there's a lot of speculation about why. And they are the usual speculations that we are all familiar with uh, when somebody does something like this. Uh, and um, none of the speculations really hold, uh, are very convincing. Uh, uh, there is also a speculation about the possibility that maybe he's losing his eyesight, mm. uh, apart from the fact that he may be losing his mind or that he is uh, in love or he's lost his money and so on. But Perhaps uh, it could be true that he, uh, what he does is that he, he enters into an, uh, into an abandoned space. And if you go to see, then you'll see the space. 
and, and begins to darken this space from inside. Uh, and it seems possible that he is darkening it uh, so as to acclimatize to darkness before total darkness descends. Uh, and once he is in this zone of complete darkness and begins to live in it, uh, he begins to see uh, quite a few interesting and exciting things inside the dark. And that's what, this, what, what the film is about. Uh, and in, um, of course, he sees light, he sees the multiplicity of darkness. Um, he hallucinates. And uh, I still hope that even though there's just maybe 24 hours left for the show to close, so I'm not going to go right to the end of the story, I still hope that you'd go. Yeah. But it's, it's, the, it's, the <clears throat> it's what he sees inside, um, in the heart of darkness, in a sense, that, that actually triggers him to come out and reconnect. And uh, so that's what such a morning is about. It's about an eclipse that takes place where the sun doesn't come out. So it's a story within the period of, of the duration of the eclipse. It's about trying to reconfigure. Uh, it's about a professor saying that he can't teach anymore. Uh, he doesn't even know what subject to teach anymore. Uh, and that uh, it's about trying to reconceive, uh, not just what to teach, but even how to teach, and, and how to talk, and how to live, and how, how to respond. But uh, pretty much from zero. So to take you from that point and, and also pick up again on what you said about perhaps your work, all of it being about the same thing and violence being one of those very um, <coughs> central questions, um, to take you back 20 years to the beginning of what came to be known as a trilogy of these three films, A Season Outside, To Remember, and A Night of Prophecy, and um, to maybe think um, about in that, in that moment, your, and, and I just thought of the fact that that was also an anniversary of, of independence and partition in 1997 when A Season Outside came out, um, and how that is very much an engagement um, and, and a speculation on violence from your own sort of personal viewpoint, your own family's history, but then going into kind of asking larger questions about the nature of violence and its sort of continuous proliferation within the history of particularly the subcontinent, but actually much beyond that. And then um, whether it is something that is, is beyond um, a question of judgment or decision, um, but rather a kind of ontology that links us all, um, a kind of human condition. Um, and, and I think the conversation between these three films is also incredibly interesting because you move from these kinds of scenes across history and time um, in To Remember, which is shot in the Gandhi Memorial in, in Birla House in Delhi, um, and actually goes back to uh, a point that was brought up yesterday about the taking up of Gandhi in the 1990s by a certain group of um, artists and how, you know, uh, that relationship, which is articulated in this film, within uh, between Gandhi and and actually the the Gujarat riots, because this is made in two thousand and three. Um, so maybe to address, and I haven't even talked about United Prophecy, but I mean I, it fits very much into this kind of probing of that question from sort of from inside out, if you will. Um, so 
you'd like to talk about? Um, I mean, since we are, we have just maybe another 15, 20 minutes really to talk about, so I, I, I'll try to be as kind of efficient as I can. Um, and try to talk about the three films together, mm -hmm. in a way. Um, between 19, I mean, I started working on a season outside around 1999. Uh, and, um, and the third film was to remember in 2003 with the Night of Prophecy in between. Um, and in the context of what we've been talking about uh, since yesterday, I'd just say that, you know, we, when one, when you make something, there are many, many reasons why you make it, and it's hard to list them all out. I could list them all out uh, for the entire duration of our, for just for this one film. But what I'd like to kind of foreground and say is that um, um, even though I was wanting to experiment with different forms of telling and, and exploring and understanding, uh, this whole and this is 96, so I was much, much younger. But this notion of what we have been talking about, this nation, uh, since yesterday, continuously, uh, my um, kind of young experience of it uh, is actually quite obscene. Uh, I, I, I mean, the... The grossness uh, uh, and the vulgar obscenity of just this construct and the way it is it is playing out uh, is 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 incredible. Uh, of course, it has been uh, enormous uh, from '47 onwards, uh, and uh, we have spoken about it uh, in in some way. And there are many who don't speak about it, and there are many who are now trying to record what it all went to and so on, uh, over and over again. But um, but if I were to speak in my own context, then uh, and I'd say you know something like 1984, uh, the uh, the massacre of the Sikhs after the the assassination of Mrs. Gandhi. Actually, what does it mean? It means it means you know 4,000 Sikhs, 4,000 citizens were killed in three and a half days in the capital of India, in my own city, before me, uh, and um, actually pretty much protected by the system, protected under the under the eye of the police, under the eye of the state, under the eye of the nation, uh, protected for two decades uh, or even more uh, after that. Uh, how can something so so insane and so crazy occur? Uh, of course, it can make you think of uh, you know what happened in '47, uh, and but you look at '47 and you look at you look at the creation of Pakistan, you look at the creation of India, you look at '71 and you look at, look at the creation of Bangladesh. Um, just from the, from the from the question of formation, and at that point it's, itself, it is so gross and horrific mm. at what accompanies the birth of these constructs. But subsequently, you can travel around, and I have traveled extensively over and over again through the country. Uh, even if you look at um, the, the, I mean, I go back to 84, and I'm going back to, to a season outside. But if you go back to um, the Union Carbide gas leak in, in Bhopal, I mean, for a, for, uh, you find uh, a gas leak, you find thousands of people killed, ill, maimed for life, mm. 
and you find a state, a government, a nation, a political party, the power, actually protecting the perpetrators, not five years later, but the next morning. So it forces you to think. Uh, you go to a forest, uh, you see uh, that uh, just the way the nation is relating to the forest, to the tree, to water, to land, to, to, uh, to communities, to languages, to dialects, to, to, uh, you can just keep on going and you can see the, uh, uh, the obscene uh, uh, construct play out over and over again. And so a season outside in, in 1996 was in some senses uh, a way to comprehend, if I were to speak simply, I would say, how could 4,000 people be killed in my city in three days? And, um, and I, I'm not saying death of the nation and so on. I'm just saying I have a simpler question. And so that's how this film uh, happened. But uh, it is not possible for me to, uh, to advocate non-violence. Uh, um, because uh, it can be hypocritical, it can be an easy position to take. So it was very difficult for me. So in some senses, this film actually was, uh, for me, in a real sense, also understanding Gandhi. And there's been a lot of discussion on Gandhi, uh, maybe too much discussion on Gandhi uh, since yesterday. Um, so I mean, I mean, he's exciting, he's interesting, he's provocative, he has done many things. Um, but uh, I mean, there are two things that are, that interest me about him, uh, and, and one is that um, what are we going to do with him ahead? <laughs> you know, uh, and 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 the second is that uh, he was quite vulnerable, and he he didn't hide his. I mean, that interested me. He didn't hide his. He didn't hide his stupidity. He didn't hide his 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 weaknesses. Uh, and uh, more interesting than that was the fact that uh, it is possible to see that he actually engaged, regardless of whether he was, uh, uh, you know, whatever position he was taking, I mean, whatever you think of him, but he continuously engaged with people. He responded, he kept on arguing. And a season outside, in, in a sense, actually uh, gains from, from that dialogue that he had on the question of violence, on the question of nonviolence. Mm. Um, I can carry on. Yeah, what I we'd like I just, to carry yeah, on with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'll just part, quickly conclude onto the next film. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. I'll say that when you look at a film like like a Night of Prophecy, and it's uh, three or four years later, I'm confronted with a, with an India. I'm confronted with a Pakistan that is actually hard to comprehend uh, uh, where it is going. I'm confronted with a Burma that is, that is even harder to comprehend, uh, and so on. So, um, um, so when I'm looking at, then I'm saying, where are we going to be in, in 20 years? Or where are we going to be in 40 years or 60 years? And I'm saying that I think I need to reconceive how, how I, I think I need a, a, a new construct, if at all, even for a, for a short period of time. And uh, how do I understand? And, and, and I said that very simply that, you know, if economists are going to look at data, agriculture data and rainfall data and revenue data 
to understand where we are, where we are coming from, and where we are going, then I'm, I'd like to look at poetry, and, and look at poetry to, to understand the passage of time. And if it's possible for me to understand the passage of time through poetry, even momentarily, I would be able to predict where this subcontinent is actually going to be in 40 years. And Nida Prophecy, therefore, was about, about listening and about traveling and collecting poetry mm. in many languages so that one could actually get into a moment of, 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 of prophecy. Mm. Uh, and one line about to, to remember. I mean, to remember is 2003 post the, the, the Gujarat riots. And I think the, the United States government, uh, there, was, there was something quite similar between the United States government and the Gujarat government. Both government, Gujarat government under Modi at that time, both governments actually campaigned for their elect, in their election campaigns, saying that it was necessary to kill. If you agree, vote for me. If you don't, don't vote for me. And they both won. Um, and one of Gandhi, of course, um, uh, fought back with the hunger strike. But he also fought back, and it is also, as we all know, even in our personal lives, that uh, you can fast by not eating, but you can also fast by not speaking. So if you don't speak, it can be very potent as well. Um, so to remember was silent. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, and it connects... Um, the murders in, in 2002 with the murder of Gandhi himself. And then to, to bring it to the, another question of the unspeakable, perhaps, and from poetry to testimony in, in the Lightning Testimonies, which um, probably the last project we'll get to talk about. Um, but in a sense, the, the way in which the work changes um, spatially, very visibly. Um, it, it occupies eight screens. And um, again, it takes on a lot of these questions that you've addressed already, but um, perhaps we can talk very quickly about... Okay. So maybe a little bit about the mode of installation and the way in which you have moved into that in the mid to late 2000s. And then, you know, we talked very briefly about this kind of additive nature of each project and, and, and the, the notion of each iteration being an extension of the argument, right? And so that links perhaps what started somewhat with Lightning Testimonies that actually goes on very much into projects like Sovereign Forest um, mm -hmm. and also such a morning as we see the difference between Documenta and now. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe Lightning Testimonies, we can talk about and then we conclude. Lightning Testimonies uh, was a work about sexual violence in public spaces, but in a certain way it was also about trying to tell the history of the subcontinent, but purely looking at the question of violence and, and, and looking at the question of sexual violence. Mm -hmm. um, at the same time, it was also about um, how, um, how do you talk about it, yeah. as well as how do you show it. Um, and I, I know there's not enough time, so this, it's very hard to kind of explain this, but the only thing I can say simply is that uh, for me personally, uh, uh, I, I made this work because I found many instances of people celebrating 
sexual attacks. Mm. Uh, I felt it was necessary to comprehend this and try to comprehend this, not just to comprehend it, but also try to comprehend it in such a way that it would be possible for us to actually go beyond the pain of, of this, of sexual violence and of, of the trauma. The process of actually making the work over several years uh, was hugely learning, a learning process for me because I, I openly went out saying, I don't know how to do this. It was clear for me from the very beginning that I'm, I do not want to speak to a survivor. Um, and so um, I found, uh, and so I asked that how do I understand this, how do I comprehend this, how do I tell this as well. And uh, I learned that as I moved around and across the country, that there were people who understood what I was saying and said, we'll tell you how to tell this. We'll tell you how to show this. And we'll also tell you how um, you could, uh, how uh, the, the experience of this pain and the experience of the resistance to this as well has been archived uh, in multiple forms, in multiple vocabularies, uh, some visible, some not visible, in trees, in stones, in, 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 in drawings, in a particular window, in a particular street. Um, uh, it could be um, even uh, camouflaged and continuously camouflaged to move geographically over a terrain. Uh, the, 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 the evidence or the memory of that event. Uh, and so, um, I, I mean, apart from learning a lot, I also, um, so this work was not just only about sexual violence, but it also brought in um, the many vocabularies, what I would say, of archiving mm. and of recalling, which were different in different places. Mm. Apart from the fact that I think perhaps the most powerful anti-rape protest that took place with the mothers in Imphal, yeah. um, and many other smaller uh, unknown resistances actually showed a way that, that, the, that the language of resistance uh, you know, it has its own vocabulary and it has its own kind of way of articulation. Thank you very much, Amara. Thank you.